You are listening to a Life with Kenny podcast. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Ninja! Go ninja! Get out of here, go ninja! Yes, I am a ninja. My ninja. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the Life with Kenny podcast. We are doing My Ninja today. I'm here with my good friend Patrick. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey man, feeling fresh. Feeling, feeling good, fresh. my ninja. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. It's been uh, <laughs> Patrick's been joining me a few three weeks in a row now so far. Yeah, a good couple of times. So it's been a a good time chatting with you. And but uh, we started a new tradition. It seems. Oh yeah, cheeky macas before every. Every every time, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm surprised neither of us had had have to pause for a bathroom break quite yet. I mean, I usually hold mine in as a little treat at the end. A little to, treat. Let, well, I say a little treat. You had to phrase it that <laughs> way. Yeah. That's disgusting. Every time I'm going to think of McDonald's, I'm going to think of you talking about your shit as a little treat. Oh come on! Anytime All you right. think of me, it's a little treat. It's not. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So uh, today we're watching a movie, this time hopefully a movie that you will like. Yep. Um, I believe it's from the same director as The Raid. Cool. Maybe, possibly. Uh, the names, I'm going to butcher these names because it is actually an Indonesian film. So if you, you know The Raid, right? We yeah. We talked about this. You've seen both films? I think I've seen a bit of the second one. Right. But no, I think I have found like a really terrible, terrible pirate copy online. I just <laughs> couldn't handle the amount of camera movement. Like the camera movement on screen combined with the guy trying to like sort out his fucking camera angle. Oh, so it was like a guy filming it right out of the theater. <laughs> yeah, just some guy with his fucking Samsung out in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. All right. Rough. So we're watching uh, Headshot. Have you heard of this movie? I. It rings a bell. I'm not sure why it rings a bell, but... I probably told you about it. You, yeah, you definitely told me about it. It's just that that name. So it's a film from 2016. Uh, it's basically, I've seen this movie. Uh, that We have this film festival in Saskatoon every year called the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. It's a mouthful. Uh, I go pretty much every year. I've, I've been, there was a few years where I was single and had no friends. So <laughs> I went to, I think they played like 25 movies every year. And I went to 20 of the 25 movies. Wow. And it's usually within four days. So there's me sitting from like 5.30 p.m. until like 1 in the morning from like a Wednesday till a Sunday. Jesus. And uh, one of the movies that, that played there, uh, I believe two years ago, 2016, was Headshot. And I was excited to see this movie because uh, the guy from, um, from the Raid movies, Aiko Yue, plays the main character. So I'll just give you, well, I'll tell you in a second what this movie's about, because uh, there's a question here that I normally ask you at the beginning of the show. So uh, it's it's starring Aiko Yue uh, from The Raid, uh, another woman called Chelsea Islin, and uh, Sunny Pang, and many, many other talented actors. And it is directed by Kimo Stambul. <laughs> right. And Timo Tangianto. Assuming that's exactly how both of those are pronounced. <laughs> right. Let's. <Yeah. laughs> uh, sadly, I'm not fluent in Indonesian names. Yeah. So. Kimo uh, Istanbul and something Tangerine. Right. So, uh, so this movie, uh, I when I watched it, I really liked it. So I'm I'm uh, pretty confident that you'll enjoy this movie as yeah, well. I mean, 
to be fair, I could probably watch myself getting beaten up whilst getting beaten up, <laughs> and I would enjoy that more than Enter, Enter the Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a point where I almost wished it, like we'd watched um, a sequel to Miami Connection because I I was writing up the summary and I wrote I would, Enter the Ninja, and I was I like, would That's... sit down in in one sitting and watch all three of the non-existent Miami Connection trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> 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 you just rather watch why Kim why yeah, K man, Kim what, take what, a shit. Why two K where you at? Come on. Give them extra two films. I need them storylines filled. Alright, so I got a few more questions for you before we check out this movie and then come back and talk about it. Um if you haven't heard this podcast before, me and Patrick just watch a movie, we discuss it. Uh My Ninja is just a subsection of the show where we watch uh martial arts, ninja, kung fu type movies. Uh, this movie's action-packed as hell, so uh, I'm excited. If you haven't seen this movie, it is available on Netflix in Canada for sure, so I'll let you check that out. Uh, so, guessing from the title Headshot, Patrick, what do you expect this film to be about? I, I doubt there's even one like actual person getting shot in the head in the film. I what, imagine it's mostly just people getting absolutely twatted right. throughout the whole thing, which I'm very excited for. Or would you be surprised that only one person's get, got shot in the head in the entire movie? Oh, no, that makes sense, because I guess that's what the movie's about, maybe? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just excited to see people actually fight people and not Bruce Lee <laughs> kick a man and then have a semi-breakdown slash orgasm. Right. <laughs> I was very confused at those noises. <laughs> if you were sleeping with someone and they made those noises, you no. would kind of carry on, but also wonder whether or not you should. Patrick, we're back to talking about Enter the Dragon here, buddy. You I'm gotta... sorry. I just, I, I'm still not quite over it. It's you been got, over a week. You got back from Nam. You got to pack that <laughs> shit away. Every time I hear a little like, I'm just going to have a flashback. There's no way around it now. I mean, hopefully you don't hear that that often then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one movie I don't want to ever think about anymore. Gross. So, uh, how do you think the film was received? Where was it made? It's, what? Uh, Indonesian film. Indonesia. So they're all a bit fucking mad over there, aren't they? So, right. I See, mean, my thing is, I don't think any of the raid movies were received very well either until uh, it kind of gained a following. So I think those well, are I get, well. The first Taken film didn't even make it to the cinema. Right. But that was probably the best one of the three. Right. I think um, I don't even know if this one actually made it to actual like. Um, movie theaters or anything? I think I don't, it, I don't remember seeing it. I not, think it was not like here anyway. Very limited release because I think the one I went to was the only screening in probably Canada that I know of. Wow! And uh, I looked up some stats, and it <laughs> it went into distribution. It did very well in like Russia, yeah, and places sense. like that. And uh, it's only made. It looked like it's only grossed like a thousand dollars in DVD sales in the UK. Wow. There's no stats for America or anything that I could find or North America. So Jesus. I mean, if it's not Great British Bake Off, most people don't watch it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Great British Bake Off. I've heard That's amazing a, nah, things dude, about that show. It's a fucking great show. Like, I, Raph really, really, I mean, I watched the last season. I thought I'd be able to get away from it, but Raph really wanted to watch it. So we That's your girlfriend, it. right? Yeah. And then within two episodes, I was shouting at some dickhead called Barbara because she wasn't putting the icing on the cake properly. I can't ice for shit. (laughs) I couldn't even bake a cake if it was already baked. Right. But I'm telling this poor old bastard to do it properly because she's going to fuck up her timings. (laughs) Right. You know. (laughs) You ever see those baking shows with the, like, based around the kids? 
and they always like have <laughs> yeah. the judges have to tell the kids that their baking's shit. Yeah. And then the kids start crying. Gordon and then Ramsay's like, is the best for that. <laughs> He's actually really nice to the kids, but I have seen a supercut where it's his reactions from Hell's Kitchen to adults to kids. Oh, really? Yeah. So they've like cut his reaction to adults, but put them to kids instead. It's amazing. <laughs> just calling them it's just shit. Poor guy, to, like saying he needs to restart his potatoes. He's like, it's fucking bullshit. Start again. And Get then out, it's kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, so the final question before we watch this movie, Patrick. Knowing that it's got the late main actor from The Raid, and it is an action movie that I liked. Mm. I don't know if that gives any. Uh, credits to this film to be honest but uh uh do you think you'll like this movie i think so yeah i'm expecting at least one fight scene so that'll be good <laughs> i will tell you there's going to be more fight scenes than in uh enter the dragon if you watch it three times back yeah. to back and i tell you what that movie was virgin on softcore porn <laughs> it was almost there like you make a couple changes maybe get a different director you have got some soft core porn. Right. And we watched Miami Connection where nobody had a shirt on the whole time. Yeah. And that was that was just Miami Connection. That's a whole different subgenre of film. I think we've pretty much decided so far Miami Connection's the best movie we've watched <laughs> on this show. Yeah. I mean it did have David Schwimmer in and he's expensive, man. <laughs> right. Oh, David Schwimmer. Where is your career? Okay, so let's go watch Headshot and eat some McDonald's. Let's do it. All right. 3.28 a.m. All right, we're back. Yeah. You don't sound or look as miserable as the last oh, movie we well, watched. I mean, we actually watched a movie this time, which was nice. Okay, so I want to do some corrections quick, because uh, when I when, when I, we were sitting watching the movie, I, I felt something was wrong about me saying that the guy who did the raid did these this movie, and, and uh, that was a guy named Gareth Evans, and he didn't do Headshot. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to make that quick correction. Um, although I did find out a bunch of fucking cool ass shit when I was researching that. Uh, there's a movie coming out called The Night Comes For Us, and it's made by the same guy who directed this movie. And it also stars Iko Yue and uh, a lot of the other characters from this movie. So I definitely recommend people check that out. It's premiering at the Austin Film Fest next week. So I think it's coming out on like video on demand probably shortly after that. Sweet. So if you like this movie, we should probably check that one out. And I do would that say one. so, yeah. And there's another movie coming out too that I found out that I'm fucking so pumped for that I have no idea I didn't like didn't really know anything about. It's called Triple Threat. It's in post-production, but there's no release date for it. It's a, a hit contract is taken out on a billionaire's daughter intent on bringing down a major crime syndicate. A down-and-out team of mercenaries must take on a group of professional assassins and stop them before they kill their target. So it's like basically martial arts expendables. Nice. But the main cast is Aiko Yue, uh, Tony Jaa, and Michael Jai White from uh, Black Dynamite. So it's like, no way. yeah, it's just a fucking like badass team of like actual fighters. That's amazing. In like an Expendables type movie. So once that really one comes out, we're going to. Black Dynamite still plays the same character that yeah. we did in Black Dynamite. Just to add an edge. No, that dude, that dude can kick ass apparently. So uh, we'll have to, hopefully one of those movies will come to theaters and I might be able to pull you out for one of those. And yeah, that'd be cool, man. Fuck, I'm just, sorry, I had to mention those because I'm cool. pumped for those. There's another movie, Gareth Edvi Ed Evans, Edwards, Evans, the guy who did the raid. 
He's doing a movie called um, this one. I think you'll dig. It's called Apostle. Yep. Uh, so it's about a man traveling to a remote island to search for his missing sister after she's kidnapped by a, a religious cult. Uh, the guy who made the raid made this movie, and it's coming to Netflix. Uh, I think mid October. Right. And it's got uh, Dan Stevens, who is like the heartthrob from The Guest, which is like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I'll have to show you that movie sometime too, because it's just such a weird movie. Yeah. Okay. I got that shit out of the Wait, way. The guest. The guest. Does that also have? Um... It has the girl from It Follows in it. I can't. Micah something. No, no, I don't think I no. have seen it. It's basically yeah. like a weird if if Halloween and Terminator had a B movie. Like, not the B-movie with <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, not like <laughs> <laughs> the Terminator going, do you like jazz? Every director has his B-movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck. But, uh, yeah, that movie's good, too. But, yeah, we'll get that out of the way. Um, do you like jazz? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, I'm just, I'm just going to straight up ask you, did you like that movie? Oh, I fucking loved it. It was phenomenal. Headshot. Yeah. I, I didn't let you down this week. No, no, this was this was a good week to be alive. This is one I've been itching to to show a friend, but I don't know. I, up until I met you, I don't know any friends that are a into watching movies as much as I am, and I think you've probably seen just as much or more movies than I have. Oh, probably I fucking love movies, dude. It's what I used to do instead of going to school. So, or b uh, somebody who likes uh, gory action packed oh, movies. Man. You, if you have an action movie, you can't not have any gore. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Like, the the Matrix really fucked me off. Because there's so much fighting. And they are fucking these guys up as well. Right. And then there's not a single drop of blood. So you have like, seen The Matrix? Yeah, I think I've seen... I don't know. After the first one, it started getting a little bit sketchy for me. Right. I was like, alright, it was already a confusing plot. That make it more confusing. Calm down. Well, I was wondering because that was another movie that's on the list that yeah. I was hoping to maybe check like, out. I watched sometime. them when I was quite young, right? So and you... I also remember playing video games when I was quite young, and then revisiting them as an adult, thinking, "Why the fuck was I such an idiot?" Obviously, you do it this way, <laughs> right? You know, so. which makes me excited for <laughs> a bunch of new games that are coming out. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I went on a long fucking off-topic thing before, so let's try and get back on track. Yeah, go. Uh, headshot, Patrick. Uh, we're gonna dive into spoilers pretty quick here, uh, which I think we should specify that because I think this is a movie that a lot of people can get a lot of enjoyment out of if they've never seen this movie I before. I would say so. I, I wouldn't say there was many... I wouldn't say there was even a plot twist as such, but there's certainly things that you don't know immediately off the bat that will most likely cover and there's this. nothing that happens that you're like well that makes no sense really yeah. for me like it, it'll it was the first movie that we'd watched where everything actually made sense and it was directed oh man so the cinematography in this movie you'd mentioned it fuck. but like it's like the every single edit i you know what? i watched a youtube video about jackie chan actually right and he was saying that he preferred working with Tokyo directors instead of Hollywood directors because he would take so much time on every scene choreography like making right. everything perfect but one of the things that the like American directors preferred to do was like 
cut in and edit. Right. They'd rather save money. Yeah. So every time that he'd hit someone, they'd just cut to like the reaction or they'd make it a quick snap edit mm-hmm. to like the other side of him. So you don't actually see the impact. Whereas all the Tokyo directors would just like let, let him it go ham out. on some guy until they got it perfect. See, the beautiful thing about this movie is the fight scenes are so well choreographed oh, that the camera at times does one shot fight scenes where you, you can tell they've probably done them hundreds of times where the camera kind of floats around them in yeah, a circle. And that seems to be their go to shot. shot. Yeah. But it's it's the cool thing about it too is it's almost like that movie Crank where it's very very like adrenaline based and yeah. it's kind of shaky and it gives that extra impact. And I can see like, I could see people having an issue with that if they have like a motion sickness thing or they pay attention to that type I of thing. I suppose so. Yeah. But I mean, you go into an action film, fucking calm yourself. Right. You so right. for me, like it just added so much. And when I was sitting in the theater, I was probably one of three people in that theater. Like nobody was at this showing and I, it was that I was sitting front row and I was at the point where like there's a particular point in the movie <laughs> at the very beginning where you realize what kind of movie this is where I just kind of got up out of my seat to cheer and I looked around to be, look at like a buddy and be like holy fuck did you just see that type of like like affirmation glance at them and nobody was around so i'm like i'm looking around and i'm like okay i guess i'm taking this in for myself (laughs) and as soon as i watched it i was just like i need to show somebody this and i for years like haven't seen anything until like i'd say about three four months ago i saw they released the dvd on amazon and i was gonna buy it yeah and then i saw it was on netflix and i'm like i can't rewatch this until i find somebody to watch it with that's fair man it was worth it I, I kind of, this was another reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because I had a, a buddy who'd never seen the Raid movies before and I'd show him the Raid movies and blew his mind too. He's yeah, an Australian man. friend of mine. So, um, yeah, man, freaking, we're going to jump into some pretty deep spoilers on this movie. But uh, Patrick, if you were to recommend this to somebody, how would you recommend it to them? How would you sell this to them? Um... Because I'm going to straight up say this is 100% my favorite movie that we've watched for this, and it might Without stay up doubt. there for a while. Yeah, it's... Fuck, it was so good. It's like, if you want to see someone's arm get broken, but don't want to actually commit a crime or hurt your own arm, watch this movie. See, I feel like there's enough... Um... There's enough romance stuff in this movie too that you might be able to convince a girlfriend to watch it with you, but yeah, also... If you... If you... If she's but ninety-five percent of the film gave them some kind of a distraction, right? You might be all right. right. Although I don't, I mean, some most people are into like this. I kind know, of shit, I know man. for a fact, my girlfriend would hate this movie. I mean, Raph probably wouldn't like it either. <laughs> right. She she might, but probably not. She likes The Walking Dead, to be fair. Right, but that's a little bit different gore. That's like fake obviously cheesy zombie gore this is real people getting their arms i tell you snapped. what we, we've been watching fear the walking dead and some of the like yeah actual gore in that is fucking good i'm gonna be honest with you right now i'm kind of surprised that there's people out there still watching those shows well i i stopped watching the walking dead because right very little is happening now most of the seasons at the minute are let's make a plan for seven episodes mm-hmm. and then at the end of next season we'll be exactly where we started off right and it just kind of circles round 
it's pissing me off. But Fear the Walking Dead is just unfucking believable. Yeah, I watched the first season with my dad, and I didn't mind it, but I was just kind of zombied out. Yeah, I'm. Have you seen Train to Busan? Yeah. It was, it was all right. <laughs> all right. It was. I don't know. Best zombie movie ever made. <laughs> no, Shaun of the Dead is the best zombie <laughs> movie ever made. All right, all right, all right. I, yeah. I, I'll agree with you with, on that, but also, second best zombie movie ever made. <laughs> That's fair. All right, so let's get back to headshots. So yeah, this this I, w- I would highly recommend this to anyone that has a hankering for any kind of action movie. Right. You feel like watching The Expendables again or anything I mean, like that? It's like, don't The, the don't Expendables bother. is basically just everyone that's having a bit of a midlife crisis putting their testicles on the table just to prove that they are still cutting about. Here, I got the perfect one. If you like movies like Crank, uh, Hardcore Henry, The Raid... Um, or even if you just like Jackie Chan, because Aiko Yue has a very similar fighting style that's yeah, like it's, a little bit bumbly and pretty goofy. much just a gory Jackie Chan. But that, that's what I fucking love about this movie is that it's almost the more fight, the fight scenes are messy, right? Like they are messy. Because They're realistic in a way. There's things that happen that are unpredictable, and you see them fucking scrambling to make like a, a decent counter. You can- you can see, like, it looks like the actors are adjusting yeah. to the thought process of, like, okay, fuck, like, what do I do now? Not every hit that they try and make actually works right. for either of them. Sometimes they both miss. Yeah. Sometimes they both hit each other at the same time. It's just fucking wild. They just wild. fall into each other. Like, it is just that brutal, raw fight scene. I gotta say, like, the only issue I had with this movie, really, was... Um, that he took so much damage and just kept going. Like, if they explained it, like, maybe he was on painkillers or something from, like, his hospital visit or something that kind of numbed everything a little bit for him. Although, what I did notice that everyone else in the movie also took a fucking load of damage and only stopped moving when they were dead. Right. Yeah. Okay, so... (laughs) So, we're going into spoiler territory. Uh, me and Patrick both recommend this if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's called Headshot. It's got Aiko Yue. Uh, go check it out. It's on Netflix right now. I'm not sure how long it'll be on there, but go watch it. Grab some friends. Grab some beers. It's fucking worth it. Mm. There is, I just off the top of my head, at least 12 holy shit moments that we're going to dive into here. That oh, yeah. You guys, if, if you want to see them for yourselves first i definitely recommend checking it out so okay let's fucking dive into this movie um i was gonna do a kill count oh, this five is, uh... minutes in I, I decided that would be a terrible idea <laughs> five minutes in we maxed out the kill count this movie should have just been called fucking well the kill count is more in the first five minutes of this movie than there was in every movie we've watched so far right well maybe not miami connection because miami connection had a huge kill count at the very beginning too in the first five oh minutes. yeah 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 and at the end as well right there's a lot of dead people right yeah man miami connection just keeps coming back dude there's a reason for it <laughs> there's a reason that it's like it's that, that it's gem. a hidden gem yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> this movie starts off, and we start off in a prison. 
There's a guy mopping the floors in the prison. He's one of the prisoners, and then it shows everybody else locked up, right? And there's a cop going to the prison gate, and um, you see the one guy is in, like, a really heavily locked-up cell with, like... A yeah, it's, like, maximum full, security lock-up. Yeah. No way he's getting out of there whatsoever. Right. And... It pans out and it shows these cops kind of surrounding the door. They're trying to do something to this guy in maximum security. And it shows the guy that's mopping the floor reaches in his bucket and he pulls out a shank. And uh, it goes up to the cop. Yeah, it. If you, if you didn't know what the movie was going into it and then just watch this scene, you'd be like, all right, what's happening here? And then, like you said, this guy pulls out a shiv. Walks up to the cop, just puts his hand on his shoulder. Cop turns around. Boom! Shank goes straight in the neck. Like pulls six out, fucking times. Pulls out the shank, and there is just a spray of blood. At this point, my chin was just on the floor. Right, so then the one cop that's at the gate gets distracted. He gets pulled in by the dude in maximum security. He's getting choked yeah. out at the door. The dude turns around, and the dude with the knife starts... They, they start, like, getting in a shootout with the dude with the knife, except for the one cop that's at the door. He ends up turning around with his handgun and firing into the Yeah, he tries door. to just take out the fucking guy. But he, like, sticks his hand in there with the gun. Yeah. So the dude just fucking disarms him, steals the gun, and then these, these guys fuck shit up, kill these... Was it yeah. three or four police officers in that It room? was... Yeah, there was three police officers plus, like, the head honcho boke. Right, yeah. so then uh, those dudes got so fucking just obliterated by two men. Yeah. And one guy that just had a knife at first. Yeah. And then he <laughs> a handgun. He fucks them up real good. And then it's it's just the last guy, and he, he shoots his way out of the cage. Oh, yeah. But it shows it shows that one guy was just like panicking. The one police officer was panicking while firing at the dude with the shiv yeah. who had the handgun. Yeah. And he just literally starts firing in the direction, murdering other prisoners yeah, in their he locked just, cells. Just takes them all out, man. He doesn't give a fuck. So then the dude in the maximum security cell busts out his handgun that he stole from the police officer after he kills all these dudes and he just fires at the lock. Yeah. <laughs> and it opens up the gate. He comes out. And he pulls a switch, letting all the prisoners out, gives them the guns from the police officer, and basically just tells them, you're free now. Yeah, oh, wait. First, what the fuck moment, though, is the uh, head honcho guy is trying to crawl away, and they get into, like, a little bit of a fist fight as he exits his cell. And then the fucking head honcho guy falls to his knees, and he just puts his hand in his mouth right and rips his fucking jaw out i forgot about that scene because like there were so many of these fucking yeah, amazing man. moments where i looked at you and it, i don't even know what to say man like he it just whole fucking hand whole fucking hand in his mouth and he just pulls it down to the ground and you just hear this almighty crunch the jaw was just <laughs> taken right off <laughs> it was gone right so <clears throat> the jaws severed. <laughs> yep. Actually, no, his jaw was still attached, I think, but it was fucked up. And uh, the boss guy, now we know is Lee. We'll call him Lee for the rest of the time we talk mm -hmm. about this. Lee, he's like a Chinese like mafia boss from what we know. I think so, Of yeah. some sort. He basically escapes prison by letting all the prisoners out and giving them 
basically just like all the weapons that the police have. And essentially it's kind of said like, hey, I let you guys out. Now you kind of work for me. And uh, the guys all run out and there's one dude left that's like slowly walking out because he doesn't have a weapon and Lee hands him a handgun. And as all the other guys ran, they said, thanks, boss, when they leave. And this guy was just going to walk by without saying it. So Lee hands him a gun and is just like, here you go. You work for me. And the guy's like, okay, thanks, boss, kind of thing, like reluctantly. And then he turns the corner and it shows the backs of like probably 12 prisoners or so. And then it kind of zooms over. I love this shot, too, where you kind of, like, get the slow reveal of the blurred police officers coming into focus in between the prison guards over their shoulders. And you can tell that they're kind of at a standoff. And the dude who was just handed the pistol, he just takes a deep breath and just starts firing (laughs) at the cops. And it turns into this, like, this this face-off massacre where, like, at the very beginning there, probably 25, 30 people are killed. Yeah. Like, the cops and the prisoners just murdered each other. There's not one person left standing at the end of that scene. Except for Lee. Yeah, because he waits around the corner tactically knowing that they're all about to get fucked. Right. So it's, like, real fucking, like, sketch city. And, uh... I don't even know what happens from here. <laughs> so they, he, he essentially like manages to get out of prison and it just cuts to the um, next scene and the it's the old guy in his little shack near the beach. Right. So then it, then it yeah, cuts straight to this guy at the beach going fishing. through his like morning routine, chilling. Right. And he looks out of his window like I'm assuming he normally does and he sees a bloke just washed up on the shore. Wait, when did it cut to the headshot credits? Oh, it was when Lee... Okay, so Lee walked out. There was one guy still alive. He was a police oh, officer. Oh, yeah, and he jammed his fucking head straight into the wall. But, like, the camera followed the guy's face all the way into the wall. And as soon as it hit the wall, it just went black and then headshot appeared. It was fucking amazing. And that title that title credit looked fucking phenomenal. It looked It's sick, like a spray-paint yeah. blood spatter. Thing. It was just it was just the movement of it all was so fucking clean. So the fucking cinematography in this movie is just beautiful. Yeah, like man. I just want to see like these guys make so many movies. It's like with with every edit they must have been sat in the room just like ah it's not quite crunchy enough. Right. Make it beefier. Oh fuck there it is. All right, next <laughs> bit. <laughs> Okay, so the old man is fishing. He finds a body on the shore, goes, checks it out, finds out it's like a guy that's still alive. And then it cuts to um, Aiko Yue, who is uh, basically a John Doe at this point that they, they put in a hospital. And it shows this nurse or doctor or somebody keeps checking in on him and seems to be concerned for him, even though she doesn't know who he is. Yeah, she kind of develops this quite a weird... You thought it was weird, but I, I thought it was quite strange. Like I get that nurses and doctors often stay the night in hospitals just because it's easier. Right, but I think like once in a while a patient will come in that you just kind of connect with where you're just overly yeah, concerned are about Are you allowed to do that? Can you just stay in their room with them? Well, I mean, if you're not doing anything creepy, I don't see why not. How do they know you're not doing anything creepy though? Cuz everyone's a bit weird. Well, I mean, first off, this is like this isn't America. Oh, or, I guess it's Indonesia where there's less people that are just unbelievably stupid. Right. And it's also like they're they're probably like not ethically the same as America. Like we don't automatically assume everybody's got like 
perverted intentions. I guess so. It's kept me alive so far, though, so I'm a keeper. Right. Those. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I think that's kind of strange, but also, like, I can kind of see it in, like, especially a hospital setting. Like, yeah, I you guess don't in, really hear... maybe that in that culture, it's like often a good thing to like apply one person to someone's case maybe right but you also don't really hear any any instances of like women doctors doing anything that's weird like if it was a guy sleeping in a girl's room that's like a jane doe and she's unconscious okay that might be a little creepy but like there's like that maternal thing that comes with it that kind of vibe that kind of backs it up and justifies it not justifies it but you know what i mean yeah i feel you so, um, yeah, from there, we're basically shown that, like, he's still out and the doctor starts reading a book on his um, couch in his room. And she's reading, what book was it again? Moby Dick. Moby Dick. And uh, she looks over at his card and it, it says that he doesn't have a name. So she just writes down Ishmael. Which is from Moby Dick. I wouldn't know that because I've never seen the the or read the book. Me seen neither. The, seen the book, but uh, I feel like it's one of the books that we both maybe should have read at school at some point, but either me, chose not to or just didn't. I won't even get you started on what the Canadian school system is like for literature. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I had okay, so I had this is a little bit of a tangent, but I have to say this because it it angers me so much. I had. Kids in my high school in different English classes reading books like Life of Pi, which is about like an Indian boy on a boat with a tiger, yeah. which sounds badass. And then my class, we had this um, ultra feminist um, teacher who made us read this book that was about prairie life in the 1800s, early 1900s. That sounds riveting. And there's a 23-minute, or 23-minute, 23-page scene in a chapter where this girl uh, talks about how they haven't bathed in, like, three weeks because they didn't bathe regularly, and how her stench reminded her of this boy that she liked. So she rolled around in the dirt and masturbated. And we read this in class for 23 pages, and this teacher had people reading it in class, and everybody was really uncomfortable. I don't remember what this book was called, because it was fucking garbage, and I didn't read it, and I almost failed because I didn't want to write a book report on this. But it was like this like super pro-feminism, blah, blah, blah. That's the only reason she made us read it. And it's like, that's fine. Like I have no issues with feminism, but don't, don't push like a How bad story way? on people. We were like, I think everybody was about 15, 16. I guess that's that's all right. Well, it is, but it's like when everybody else is reading books about like being stranded in the middle of the ocean on a fucking yeah. canoe with a tiger. I mean, my, year, like, my, my grade five teacher was a pedophile, so I can't really talk. Ooh. Yeah. yeah he, he got arrested hard. We need yeah. to do an episode where we just share stories with each other. Oh my God. I've got so many fucking stupid stories from when I was at school. I'm going to make you start writing those down. We'll do an episode where <laughs> we right, just cool. do that. Okay. Yeah. So let's get back on track. Uh, Ishmael is his new name dubbed by the doctor and he wakes up yep. and you find out it's basically the born supremacy. He doesn't remember anything, but you quickly realize he yeah. has some sort of instinctual memories that start coming back and he's just like a badass 
Yeah, he can just He has fight. skills that he just doesn't know how he has the skills. Mm. So um, <clears throat> the doctor kind of helps him out. He shows him who the man is that saved his life, and they kind of become friends, and he has, like, a gratitude towards her for helping save his life, but quickly realizes she's going to move to Jakarta, I believe. That's right, yeah. So that she could pursue a different um, hospital. Just in a, in a better In a better city. Yeah. And uh, she also said, hey, like, you still have some shrapnel in your head from a bullet that got in there. Yeah, I, I, I still thought that was a little bit weird. Like, they they noticed he had shrapnel in his head. Right. But no one, like, no one officially gave him the option to go to Jakarta to get the shrapnel that was still in his well, head Well, she removed. was the doctor, right? She basically told I him, like, so, yeah. like, you can live like this it'll be fine but there's like a good chance that you'll have some complications but you can go to jakarta and see a specialist a surgeon that can remove this because we don't have the doctors to do this and he says mm. you know what right now like i just need to figure my shit out because i don't even know who i am yeah. so she says okay well i hope to see you in jakarta one day so she goes she gets you, on a bus you know you're in a bad way if the shrapnel in your skull isn't your main concern right you know that things haven't quite gone the way you expected. Right. But imagine waking up and like not knowing who you are, right? Yeah, that'd be pretty rough. So we're going to, we're quickly try. I'm trying to plow through this stuff quickly because this is mostly story set up and then we can talk about the cool shit. So don't yeah. worry. This whole movie is not like this. This is just set up. So uh, she's, she gets on a bus to go to Jakarta. And uh, before she leaves, she gives Ishmael a cell phone and says, here's a cell phone. It's my gift to you. It has only one number in it right now, and it's my phone number, so feel free to call me. Kind of like her saying, like, yeah, I kind of like you, and I want to keep in touch, and blah, blah, blah. And he's flattered, but whatever, they part ways. So on the bus, uh, there's there ends up being a van in the middle of the road on the drive to Jakarta. Yeah, just a roadblock. Probably just outside of the city. And, oh, no, we're missing a big part. So while it shows he's trying to figure out who he is, uh, it cuts to Lee. Uh, he goes oh, to... Oh, the like the drug deal, essentially. Yeah, so he, he goes to like yeah. some drug deal, and he drops some noodles on the table, and he starts eating. And uh, this these guys, let's say they're like Indonesian mob lords, and Lee is supposed to be a Chinese mob lord, right? Yeah, and they say that they're going to cut him loose because the stuff that he's given him is garbage. Right. What did they say? Chinese shit? Or Chinese... I think they said Chinese garbage. Chinese garbage. So basically they said the drugs are cut with a bunch of shit. Uh, the weapons you have are trash. And the only reason I... He said the Indonesian mob boss said the only reason I went with you, Lee, was because of your reputation. Yeah. But he's like basically saying like now if I kill you, I'll give myself that reputation because yeah. I couldn't before when you were in prison. So he's fucking sat there super chill, just taking all this in, eating his nudes. Right. And the the right hand man to the Indonesian mafia boss looks like this fucking like wannabe. He looks like um you know those hyper realistic drawings of SpongeBob? Right. He looks like one of those if it was of Dumbo. Right. <laughs> right. If yeah. Dumbo was a human being. Yeah. And <laughs> just like with like massive. shitty tattoos yeah. and like a gangbanger. If Dumbo like, was a human being, but for some reason also an Indonesian gangster. He looked like Indonesian Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, it's very, very specific fan fan fiction. Right. <laughs> so uh 
These guys, and then he has a bunch of guys around him, and Lee seems to be the only one in there besides this girl that he brought with him, who we later find out to be the sister of, uh, what would we say, the the five siblings, we'd call them? Was, what, what should yeah, we call them? Five yeah. siblings? Um, Jackson Five. The Jackson Five. All yeah. right. So uh, it's just Lee and this girl, and uh, these guys basically tell him, He's going to fuck him up. And then it cuts outside of the drug deal. And there's three guys sitting in a van. And one of the guys gets out of the van, says, I'll take care of it. And it shows a bunch of dudes going in to fuck shit up with Lee and, like, murder him, obviously. And uh, one of the dudes that got out looks like like super hipster. <laughs> like he's got a top <laughs> yeah. nut. He looks like he was about to get out of the truck and just mention that he was vegan. Hipster glasses, yeah. The whole nine yards. And uh you kinda look like we kinda looked at each other and I was I looked at you because I was like, Holy shit, I know what's about to happen and I'm ready for you to see this next phase of yeah. this movie. Cause this is where it really kicks in is this scene. And at this point you seemed kinda chill about it. Like you saw the one scene, but other than that it was just kinda yeah, I, I I wasn't expecting much from Man Bun, but right. So Man Bun goes up to six guys, five guys. It was there was more than one, right? Definitely. A group of dudes. They all have weapons, guns, um, machetes, some of them, and Man Bun just pulls out a baton. Yeah, <laughs> like this a periscope this, baton. Yeah, this thing is like solid fucking metal, though. Right. So he basically beats the fuck out of these guys mercilessly. Like, like he takes on five or six guys at once. And do you remember what all happened in that scene? Yeah. Just, so one of the uh, one of the guys basically just he like he pauses for a second, holds one guy in place, turns around and just fucking bonks the other guy straight on the head with this metal rod, oh. and the guy just fucking stands there completely stunned. And blood just starts pouring down his no, head. No, what happened like, there was the dude was about to hit him in the face with a machete. Oh, yeah. And he hit him in the head before he could make contact with the machete. And the guy just So when it pans dead. out, it shows the machete literally right beside his face. Like hipster guy's face. Yeah. Let's say hipster ninja. So <laughs> hipster ninja's got a machete right next to his face. And he just batoned this dude right straight, split his head. Basically, like indented into yeah, the like dude's he, head like it was stuck in his skull skull was caved in as fuck so then he basically pulls it out and another dude's right behind him he starts fighting this guy at the same time and then what happens here is he pulls out the baton and he starts yeah he, he puts it upside down and starts fucking stabbing the guy in the eyeballs with it with a baton not a sharp object he like stabbed it's a, a guy to death with a blunt object it was unfucking believable he like, like bashed his face in with it's like if you had a drumstick and you bashed someone's face <laughs> in with a drumstick it was just caving in man and this at this point i looked over at you and you were just in shock like yeah. in amazement it like, was incredible like i could finally like kind of live how i felt watching this by myself in the theater yeah. through Cause, like, you some of the movies that we've seen have had quite gory openings right and then it's just been really fucking tame throughout the rest of the thing. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of sat there after that initial scene like, all right, let's just see where this goes. I, I'd already seen the raid, so I was like, there's going to be some <laughs> mad shit for sure. Like, that's fine. 
And then this guy stabs someone to death with his police baton. And I'm sat there like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's fucking bonkers. And then you hear a whistle, which is him giving, uh, hipster ninja giving Lee the heads up that, hey, everybody out here is dead. So you go ahead with what you're going to do. And uh, at this point, the... I, I think the girl notices some of the guys are starting to move forward and she starts like basically like yeah. dissecting them with she this knife that she has. She starts hacking them up. Like slices the dude's leg. I think she even broke some arms. Like you could see like some snapping in that scene. Oh, there was some nasty shit, man. She was and, making uh, mince meat out of those bull boys. Yeah, so like you could tell these guys that Lee brought with him are tactical as fuck. Yeah. And... uh Lee's just sitting there, like, nonchalant. He's literally just sitting Pretty there. Pretty sure he's still eating his dude. noodles yeah. at this point. And then at the end of it, the Indonesian boss just kind of doesn't know what to say or do. Yeah. I think he says something like, you think this is going to stop it from happening or something. Yeah, and, and then he, he stops eating his noodles, slowly looks up, and then jams a chopstick <laughs> straight into the guy's <laughs> fucking throat. <laughs> Right. And like, I, the chopsticks didn't even look that sharp, so, and he just fucking jams it in. So hipster ninja, knife girl, and the fucking uh, chopstick scene all happen within, I'd say, a five-minute period. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking was brutal. Some mad shit, dude. So then uh, there's one guy left. Like, he fucking... Lee grabs a handgun and kills everybody else in the room. It's literally just Lee... The girl, and then this guy that looks like Dumbo Jared Leto. <laughs> and that dude starts begging for his life for probably a good minute and a half, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, it was quite rough. And Lee's just sitting there, like, not sure what to do. He kind of wants to eat his noodles again, but he just, like, lost a chopstick. So he's like, I don't know. So eventually, this guy says, I have some info that will work for you. There's a guy. I know where he is. I think he's associated with you. He washed up on a shore. I can tell you where he is. And Lee says, okay, you have one chance to prove yourself. That's it, right? So then, uh, that dude goes to the hospital. Yeah, after Lee shoots him straight in the fucking ear. Yeah, he shoots his ear and says, okay, now you have an excuse <laughs> yeah. to go to the hospital. <laughs> he takes a big into it. meat chunk out of his lobe. So the the doctor, we should say the doctor's name is Aylin. Yep. So Aylin and Ishmael are there. Ishmael's like, this is before they part ways, right? Um, Aylin and Ishmael are there. Uh, the Dumbo Jared, we'll just call him Dumbo. Dumbo comes in. He starts causing a fuss about how he wants to see a doctor. His ears shot. He's like throwing a temper tantrum, kind of threatening like the secretaries and even the security guards at one point. Yeah. And uh, the doctor, uh, Eileen, shows up in the hallway and she basically says, calm down. I'll take a look at your ear. Like, just don't cause any more trouble. She takes him in, takes a look at his ear. And uh, the whole time he's pretty creepy, hands-on physical with her. And... uh, he brings up uh, Ishmael and says, there's a guy that washed up. He was in this hospital, I think. Do you know where he is? And she kind of gets defensive about it and gives it away by like this yeah. weird look and that she gets. And then his counter move is to just become increasingly grabby. Right. And molesty. 
And and he he's he looks like he's gonna try and rape her, and she says, I'll, "I'm gonna call security." And then so he just starts doing it. Yeah, he starts calling security. Calls her bluff. In, in like the weirdest little fucking voice I ever heard. Right. And then That's no him. no That's security like comes, which is it just yeah. Like, the, I don't know why no security came because I would have assumed the security guard that was originally outside the room would, would still be waiting. there, right? But clearly not. Yeah. And then he gets like progressively more grabby than he was before, and his hand just gets grabbed and bent and crunched by Ishmael, who is now suddenly in the fucking room. Right. So then the guy grabs a handgun out of his waistband. No, 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 no. He he, he stands up. Ishmael like checks on the girl to make sure she's okay. The guy walks over and grabs this like bottle of medicine. Right. And slams it against Ishmael's head, and he's just sat there. And the fucking camera he's is in a shaking. Daze at this point, like the right? camera is shaking as his stuck. rage is just increasing. Oh yeah, and he's got blood dripping yeah. down his face into his eyeball, and his eyeballs got blood in it. And you're just this is the point where you sat up and you're like, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" Because <laughs> you can tell this guy's about to be a badass. We haven't yeah, seen man. him fight at all yet. And he he's just reaching this fucking peak of rage. So then Dumbo, he well, he gets up, he grabs Dumbo, throws him up against a wall. Dumbo reaches into his waistband, pulls out a handgun, and he points it at his head, at uh, Ishmael's head. And Ishmael just g- grabs it. He pushes, like, the... I can't even think yeah, of Yeah, so the it's the thing is. that's like, secures the magazine inside the gun. Right. He flicks that down. And the it just disarms the gun. Out, and then he pulls back the chamber which unloads the gun as well, like the round right. that's already in there. So this guy's fucking useless. So then and then he, he just holds the magazine. the magazine up to the guy's fucking eyeball. And it, everything's just frozen for which, a minute. Did you catch that foreshadowing? Where he holds the magazine and he's about to push the bullet into the guy's eyeball? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then uh, that happens... And the dude gets free. Dumbo gets freaked out and basically just fucks off. And I think at that point he realizes this is the dude that Lee's looking for, obviously. Yeah. So this is when Ishmael and uh, what's her name again? Eileen. Yeah, Aileen. They just call her Jolene. <laughs> Ishmael and Aileen part ways, uh, gives a cell phone, whatever. She's on the bus. And uh, good thing I remembered that because that's a big, yeah, big part of the movie. So then she's she's leaving on the bus, and uh, the bus gets kind of distracted with a van that's parked in the middle of the highway. Yep. So the driver stops for not very long. He just stops to kind of decide if he's going to go around. Just for a quick second. And then the door opens, and this dude, these, this dude literally just starts firing an AK-47 at the yeah, driver. Like my least favorite part of this movie was any time anyone shot a gun. Why was that? Just because it I was... I didn't feel like they needed to have <laughs> any time everyone shot a gun to empty a full fucking clip right of ammunition. They, they didn't have to but that's part of the brutality if you found a body with two bullets in it it's different than finding one with like a hundred bullets in it right like it kind of so, sends yeah. that message but like there's something way more realistic and kind of shocking about just like a single shot to the head 
just immediately seeing this guy just fucking die. Right, but we also have to remember these guys are just grunts. They're not tactical assassins oh, yeah, yeah, or anything. I guess so, so, I guess so. Some of these guys also are just sickos that get enjoyment. Out Although, just... bearing in mind that every single gun that was fired was pretty much at point blank range. Right. <laughs> Except for that AK-47 was like a little bit further away. I guess so. They were slightly like there was outside no snipers, the but it was like what you would use a machine gun for. Yeah, I suppose. And then these, everybody else gets on the... Or these... Him and three guys get on the bus with machine guns, and one of the guys that's on there is Dumbo. So they've tracked down the doctor. He knows the doctor knows where Ishmael is, and they're going to get that information from her no matter what. And they pull out their guns, and they literally just start firing into the bus and killing everybody. everybody. Probably 30 people on that bus. Yeah, there's a few people. At least. And one of the survivors is a little girl, and the other one is Eileen, who's hiding behind a seat. And before they started firing, she was calling Ishmael to say they killed the driver, and then he hears the gunfire and figures out that she's in trouble. And he hops on, he basically steals the scooter from the guy who saved him from the ocean. The old man, who's probably like 80... Brings that guy with him for some reason. Yeah. On the back of no, his Maybe he doesn't have a license yet. He's only got a provisional. Right. He has to have supervision. <laughs> so those two guys. Oh, yeah. He probably did because the guy yeah. was telling him as he pulled up to like a crime scene was telling him how to put it in park. Yeah. Just sorting out the clutch control. Right. So then it cuts to uh, the, the firing and Eileen and this little girl are the only survivors. And we know Ishmael's on the way. <clears throat> And these guys are about to kill the little girl because they're just sick, disgusting fucking human beings. They're just deplorable. And uh, Eileen steps in and interrupts and gives away her hiding to try and save the girl's life, which I don't think I would have done. I mean... In that situation? They were going to find you anyway. Like, no reason letting the little girl die. She's going to die anyways, too. Well, no, maybe not. If there was a chance that they would take you prisoner for whatever fucking reason instead of just killing you instead. Which is what happens. If, if I was a thug, I'd have probably just killed him. Right. You know, <laughs> at risk of then being found by the incredibly dangerous guy that was eventually going to come and find her. Right. Well, also, fuck your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'm never in a crisis with you. <laughs> women and children first. Now, nah, fuck that. No, no, women, Let and, me children, on. women and children first. Yeah. In, Kenny in, first. No, no, women and children first in the scenario that a machine gun needs to be unloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love women. That's a B. I can't say I love children because I think that puts me on some sort of watch list. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so (laughs) that's an I. (laughs) Yep. I think I've probably got a G already somewhere. Uh, But anyways, so uh, Ishmael finally shows up to the bus and he finds just people just massacred and he walks on and he's disgusted because like the Indonesian heat has already gotten to these bodies and it probably smells disgusting. Probably doesn't smell great. And while he's on there, he's kind of in shock processing it. He's like on his knees, like trying to figure out what to do. And he finds Island's glasses, but he doesn't find her body. He finds no. another woman that he thought was her, but he realizes, hey, there's a chance she's still alive, right? So as he's trying to figure out where to go from there, he hears voices. And this guy gets on talking about how the bus stinks. And the boss told them to burn everything, 
burn the bodies. And the conversation's kind of humorous because one of the other guys is like, make sure you chop up all the bodies first so they burn quicker. Yeah, they'll burn quicker. Which I'm like, man, these people are just disgusting. I just don't give a fuck, man. Like, okay, anyways. So then uh, these people are uh, going to burn the bus and all the bodies on it and Ishmael's stuck on the bus. So yeah, the guy just instead sort of, of walks just straight on. up attacking the dude, he puts his hands up for a second to get the guy's attention to be like, "Please don't kill me!" Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! And he literally just stands there for a good thirty, forty seconds while the guy's like looking around, and then he finally it realizes takes him forever to actually look up and see him. Finally realizes he's there and just starts. What did he do there? What, he he picks up his, him with a machete? Yeah, he picks up his machete, swings it, gets caught in the roof of the bus. <laughs> Very Jackie Chan moment. Yeah. And then they both kind of stand there, look at each other, and then the fight actually starts. And it's a fucking brutal <clears throat> fight scene. The dude's swinging, it's connecting with chairs, and so many close calls. This is where arms start get, yeah, he getting... Yeah, he broken. jams it, he swings the machete down and gets stuck between two chairs. And Ishmael sees the guy stuck. And just kicks and like his, his arm. You imagine this guy's arm is just stuck between these two chairs, so there's no way that it can go either left or right. And he kicks the arm so it bends inwards on the elbow. Right. From like the outer elbow. Right. And it just fucking snaps. snaps. And you see the bone break through the skin. It's fucking it's amazing. so brutal. The effects in this movie, like... Unreal. Yeah, man. Unreal. It, it was spot on. Okay, so then uh, he beats up that guy. A couple other guys get on. He fights them. One dude starts pouring gas on Ishmael. And uh, then another guy busts out a lighter. So he starts fighting two guys at once, knowing yeah. one guy's about to light him on fire. Yeah, with the trying lighter. to blow out the light while he's fighting him. Which is also another very, like, Jackie yeah, Chan yeah, vibe tr- thing, just... right? <laughs> while he's trying to fight this guy. And uh, eventually, like, the lighter gets away from the bad guy, beats him up, whatever. And he has that moment of relief where he's like, okay, this is done. And then he looks up, and it's 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 like a blurred vision that starts to focus. And yeah. you focus in on this guy standing behind him at the front of the bus with a torch in hand. <laughs> and he just says, fuck it, and, like, throws the torch. And Ishmael's trapped now. He's, I think his shoulder catches on fire. Yeah, and he and just he tries. He punches the fucking bus window trying to break it. Yeah. Like the first time he connects with that glass, I cringed because I know how fucking hard that sounded. Like, yeah, man. It's just duke, duke. No, like nothing happening to this window, and he yeah. starts to kind of panic. And then he brings up his foot and he just starts hammering it, and the glass finally cracks. And this is where he realizes like the fire's getting too high. And, like, he's trapped. He just takes a running jump and throws himself into the glass. And the camera follows his body. He does, like, a front roll? Yeah, so he, like, does, like, a 180 forward roll, pretty much, and lands straight on his back. But the camera just follows it all the way around. So that and he's he, on his back, yeah, and but when it's he hits the, the ground, Because the camera is following him, you, you see him hit the ground with so much fucking force. Because, oh, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a high fall. But like, even if you did fall from that kind of height, you would still hit the ground with right. some force. And he's still on fire, so he has to yeah. take his that's, jacket that's off. That's like what I really love about these fucking shots is there's so much weight behind them because of the way the cameras work. Right. 
And I like that he like does things that people would do in situations like yeah, this. Yeah, like, like he, he struggles. Up, he got up stunned and didn't know what to do. And he just, all he was thinking about was just like taking his shirt off and like going to lean up against the bus. But as he came around the corner, there's that fucking dude that lit the <laughs> yeah. fire there. And he has to fight with this fucking guy now. He manages to like throw him over his shoulder and well, throw him back in the bus. Didn't. Oh yeah, that happened. And then another guy showed up with a gun. Yeah, and um, the old old geezer fucking jumps on his back. Yeah, so the old man that he brought with him pulled him away. I think he was get. Uh, I think Ishmael was getting choked. Is that what happened? Yeah. So then the old man breaks the the chokehold from the bad guy, and the bad guy throws him over and like fires bullets into him. And you can tell the old man's dying, and Ishmael just fucking murders the last dude and he starts like sitting with the old man while he's dying and uh then you hear something something like a vehicle roll up and then you see like it's i love the way it's focused because there's it's focused on him reacting to this old man dying but behind him you see like a police uniform walk up and you're kind of like oh shit is he gonna just attack these cops now or are the cops in on it or what and the cops bring him in. And I'll let you talk for a bit because I've been talking for a while. Yeah, so they... There's nothing in between that, though, I don't think, is there? No, there is a, a small scene where they just fucking... They show where they've taken the two girls. So, right. like, the um, doctor lady and then the little girl as well. They kept her alive for some reason. Probably because they didn't want to show a child being shot on film. I mean, fuck your kids. <laughs> Please stop saying that because you will be put on a watch list. But um, yeah, they show like a, just a brief shot of where they've like taken them to be captured, kind of foresight to the end of the film. Right. But they also show a, another scene where they end up killing Dumbo. Oh, yeah. The, like, so, so what happened was um, the one guy, okay, let's say brother one and brother two. They they were called you call them Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah, man. So the Tweedles, <laughs> uh, one of the guys goes to kill the little girl for some reason. He's being a little aggressive with them, and Dumbo kind of speaks up and he's like, "Hey, man, like, I know what your boss said. He wants them back, like, back alive. Like, you should have just let the little girl go." And uh, Tweedledum gets pretty upset, and he just starts firing his AK forty seven into a Dumbo. Whole- no, he fires two full clips into him. And the dude's just like leaning up against the wall, bleeding out. And, and, and Tweedledee just says something like, I, You talk too you much. You talk too much. Yeah. And then another clip from his right. AK. But the, the, the cool part about this movie is they set that guy up like he was going to be some sort of formidable opponent. Yeah. But all he was was just like a dude to lead them to mm. uh, like the doctor. Yeah, he was just a pawn in the end, wasn't he? Right. So then it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Uh, one guy's Asian, one guy was white, I want to Yeah, say. I think so. So uh, <clears throat> they uh, take the girls, lock them up, and then it cuts back to Ishmael and a police station. Yeah, so he's being interrogated by this police officer. Right. They go through a, like a brief interrogation. So what's the... your thought process as you're finding out the stuff that the police officer is telling them? Like, are um, you kind of lost at this point in the movie, or are you following it pretty well? It was pretty predictable. Like, you, it was weird that, like, the main character just come and washed up on the shore after right. you'd already been introduced to the main bad guy, you know? 
like obviously there was some sort of hidden connection between the two so you can kind of piece that together it's just more the how right which i guess is what the interrogation scene fills in because it shows you photos of both of them together it's kind of like showing ishmael's trying to relearn his memories as yeah well. so there's like a, a a few flashbacks all the way through the movie of him like realizing what's happened to him how he's got to this position so he has this like revelation um but as he realizes kind of who he is the power in the police station gets cut right but you gotta also mention like the cop was being so cocky he basically was like we got you we got you now oh, why yeah. are you lying he, to us about not knowing well who you he wasn't are. being cocky i think he saw a photo of him with, with this lee. lee guy who was this amazing villain that they were trying to capture for years right and then they did, but he escaped, as we saw at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. So he, he just labeled Ishmael as scum. Which, which we also found out that they basically just caught Lee out in the open when they caught him. He was by himself eating Yeah, almost food. like it was kind of It was planned. almost planned, which I don't think they ever explained. Um, but anyways, uh, so they're in the police station. Cops basically telling him, like, Hey, like you're affiliated with Lee. We know it. Why are you lying? He, I think he was coming off a little cocky. Like we yeah, got you. Like no I matter so. what, we got you. Come clean. And Ishmael's just like getting frustrated. He's like, I have no idea who you are. What you want with me? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have my friend. They have my friend. I have to go to her. Just let me go. And the cop won't do it. And at this point, Ishmael's chained to the the desk. He's got yeah. the two wrist chains to the middle of the desk and. Uh, then the power goes out, is what happens, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I, it sounds like I'm over-explaining, but I'm actually like kind of setting up the shit that's about to follow. Because yeah, I guess so. As as this guy's like so cocky, he like sent all the other officers out of the room to interrogate Ishmael. So it's just him in the room, but you start to hear like gunfire and you see flashes in the darkness. Yeah. And these two guys, Ishmael and the police officer, are kind of like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So it's like. It's implied that everybody in the police station is killed except for Ishmael and the officer that we see. And the officer puts his head up against the door to kind of hear closer to what's happening. Yeah, he puts it up to the the window. He peeks through the blinds and it gives you a shot of outside the window and this guy stood there with his fucking machete. And he just... And he just... I didn't expect what happened to have actually happened like that's not what i thought the guy was going to do at all right so what did he do patrick he fucking just slowly follows this guy's face along the side of the glass and jams his fucking machete straight the way through the window into the guy's face like it looked like it went through the back of his head like just through like the that part of his head just beside the ear Right, right the way through his head out of the other side right and then he just slowly fucking pulls it out and you see this guy just like fall to the ground man right it was so, then, so brutal so then it's just ishmael in the room and he sees this happening he's chained to his desk and he starts freaking out he's, like, he's chained to the desk and this guy walks in with a fucking sword like what do you do in that situation right so what follows is one of the coolest machete fight scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, the dude's got the machete and uh, Ishmael just grabs the table he's chained to and he starts using it as a shield of sorts. And uh, even to the point, like, the fight goes on for, like, 
probably two minutes, and then the dude finally gets Ishmael up against the wall, and he plunges his machete through, and you think that he got him because Ishmael starts, like, acting like he's stabbed. But then the camera pans out, and it shows it went right beside him, but he's kind of tricking the dude with the machete that he was stabbed. And at that point, he fucking breaks free and... (laughs) <laughs> throws the chair or the table over, flips it over, and then he like slams the chair leg onto the dude's foot. Yeah, and then pushes the guy's head down onto the table. Where the machete was still stuck in. Yeah, from and when it goes through just the side of his neck. It like fillets his neck. Yeah, it took a really like thin chunk of meat off of it. Right. And you, you see it, it definitely went through some important shit. And the dude just slowly pulls it through the table to get it out of him. Yeah. And you just see it disappear, but you can tell he's, like, going to die no matter yeah, what. Yeah, for sure. And the dude just kind of falls over, and that's that's that for that dude. Yeah, and then he sort of looks up at where the guy came in from, like, at the door. Right. And a grenade just slowly rolls into right. the fucking room. So then he grabs the table and yeah. picks it up, and he shields the shrapnel blast. Yeah. And then he goes out there and he sees uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. I mean, if it was Bruce Lee, then he would have obviously just kicked the grenade out of the room <laughs> and made some sort of ridiculous noise. Right. But he um, he dives out of the window after the grenade like hits the table. With a gun. And yeah. he kills fucking six guys with uh, like a magnum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a really, really old school fucking revolver. And then it's the Tweedledum and Tweedledee fight scene. Yeah, so then uh, well, that fight scene was where um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum... So we essentially find out that uh, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, the girl from earlier, like Knife Girl, and Hipster Ninja yeah. are all quote-unquote brother and si- brothers and sisters because the whole plot of the movie is Lee used to kill people, kidnap their children, and basically do like a child fight club. And uh, train these kids and, like, starve them. I would love that to be made as a movie. He basically, like, starved them and um, brought them to, like, the brink of death to teach them how to survive and, like, basically forced them. It's almost like building, like, a psychological callus, which I think kind of explains why they can all take so much damage and still be fine. Yeah, they kind of just learn to ignore pain. Right. So, um... Tweedledee and Tweedledum are like recognize Ishmael, but he has no idea who these guys are. He yeah. just sees that the one guy has, I think he has a shotgun at this point. Yeah. And uh, the other dude, he just looks at the other dude and he says, go turn the lights back on. So the other dude leaves Tweedledum and leaves Tweedledee with Ishmael. And what follows is like the most humorous shotgun fight scene I've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where he's like diving under tables, dodging shotgun blasts, and at one point he's like counting shots so he can. Uh, yeah, he knows how many he's got before he can actually like make any kind of a move. Right. So then uh, this dude's blown a couple holes through the tables that Ishmael's been hiding under, and you can he can kind of see where this guy's going. He's counting shots, and the dude loads his shotgun again as he's loading it. Ishmael jumps up, gets in a fight with him, gets the shotgun away from him knocks the dude down onto the table and puts the shotgun right next to his face and yeah, blows it. He, he f- and flies around. And the heat around. from the gun and some of the shrapnel from just, the shell just, the, like, burns the side of his face. Like, you can see it scar his face. Into it, man. 
Yeah, it's fucking like such a rad shot. Yeah. And uh, then the dude gets the shotgun away again. Ishmael goes back under the table. Or no, Ishmael still has the shotgun. He ends up getting yeah, back yeah, under um, the table. They like... Oh, yeah, Ishmael has the, has the shotgun still. But it gets kicked out of his hand. Right. And it falls between the two tables. Like, it falls in the, the perfect hole that the original shotgun right. blast left. That was a good shot, yeah, too. Man. I remember that. Yeah. So then... Uh, he dives under the table, and uh, Tweedledee's like basically like you're a coward for retreating. He thinks he's retreating, but he's actually going to get the shotgun. Yeah, and he, he looks through the hole and that, sees the barrel of the shotgun. He goes, "Oh fuck! Fair enough, man." Yeah, he literally says <laughs> yeah. like, "Good job, bro." Yeah, he's like fully appreciating that he's just been outplayed. And then he just takes a shotgun blast to the face. And finally, Ishmael gets up and, like, kind of breathes a sigh of relief, which, like, is this guy's fucking story. He gets out and finally starts to feel, like, a moment of relaxation, yeah, and, and he turns around, again. and there's another guy. And this scene, I'm going to say, is my favorite fight scene in the whole movie with Tweedledum. So, how that one starts, this dude is basically the bane of Batman movies. This dude is just brutal with yeah. his fists. He's just, like, hammering the dude in the face, and, like, you're hearing, like, ribs crack when he gets punched in the chest. You're hearing all of that shit. And uh, they're using, like, different things to try and block each other's attacks and stuff. And at one point, Tweedledum goes to punch Ishmael, and Ishmael lifts up a typewriter. (laughs) And he punches into the typewriter, and he pulls it out, and it's all these metal shrapnel keys and stuff stuck in Tweedledum's hand. Yeah. And then you think, like, oh, man, this guy's in pain. But the dude just looks at his hand and thinks, oh, hey, I got, like, some sort of brass knuckles now with, like, these fucking (laughs) jagged edges now to punch him with. And then he lines up his punch again and goes to punch Ishmael in the face. Ishmael dodges it, and he slams these metal pieces into his hand as he hits, like, a locker behind him. And you and me were, like, cringing so hard from the pain. It's like just punching a splinter even further into your skin. Oh, man. And then Ishmael breaks the dude's arm, like snaps yeah, he, it, so he has no way of using it. He r- rolls the guy onto a table and pulls it behind his back. I think he puts his feet against the side of the table yeah. and just carries on yanking the guy's arm. And pulls and it like, you just right hear out. Everything in his arm tear. Right. It's all gone. There's but he still left. has it attached to him, obviously. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like it's still attached, but it's barely It's the closest barely on thing there. to pulling someone's arm yeah, off. Yeah, man. Right. So this dude's fucked up. This dude's got one arm, and Ishmael starts punching him in the face, and you can tell he wants to kill him, but he, there's a part of him that's like, I'm not a murderer. So he stops and just leaves the dude with his broken arm and stuff on this table, and he starts walking away, and then you see the dude get up yeah, behind him. Tries to choke him out. And he, what does he say to him? He says, do you want to know what I did to that bitch of yours? Yeah, like insinuating and he like raped her or murdered Ishmael her or something. Ishmael is just fucking triggered at that point. Yeah, so you he, see that scene we saw yeah. earlier in the doctor's office. He just like smashed. pulls the guy's arm off of him and just lays into him with some punches. The most brutal punches. And just caves the guy's face in. <laughs> like that, that scene, your reaction to that scene was amazing. It's just, oh, fuck. Right. It's just relentless fucking impact. I'm going to be posting, I think, I'm going to be posting some of these scenes. I have to post some of them. Yeah. Like, I have I to. Sh- you probably won't be able to post them on Facebook. 
Why? Too graphic? Yeah. Well, I don't know. There are some... You've seen them before, some of them. Yeah. I, I think it was a scene from The Raid 2 that I saw. Right. Okay, so let's try and jump through this. Uh, so Ishmael f- finds the phone on Tweedledee, Tweedledum. He calls Lee, basically says, like, okay, where are you? I'm coming. I know who you are. And Lee straight up just says, sends, like, the find my iPhone yeah. location to him. <laughs> and basically shows him exactly where he is because he's not scared. No. And then it cuts to um, the two girls, the little girl and Eileen in their cell. And some guys, like, going to try and, like, rape them or rape the one girl. Tells her to, like, face the wall and throws her on a bed. And the little girl grabs a plate, smashes it over this bad guy's head to try and stop her. But he, like, had an AK-47 in the corner he put down. Oh, yeah. And Eileen just fucking, uh, just sneaks away. Again, like, full clip of ammunition straight into the guy's fucking chest. Right, murders him. Yeah. And then they start to escape? Yeah, so they try and make their escape while, I think, Ishmael's fighting hipster bloke right so then it, it shows ishmael made his way to that location and he's fighting the hipster guy at this point he he realizes he sees a well while in that area that he remembers yeah. them all being held in the well and basically starved almost to death and then yeah. the guy would drop water down the well and so make he like fight for it he realizes at this point that everyone that he's killed so far has actually been like one of his brothers in spirit i guess right like they grew up together yeah. but Anyways, so then that scene, he busts out the baton again. Oh, fuck, man, that thing. And Weirdly time, the most brutal weapon in the entire movie, I right. think. And this time, well, besides the typewriter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this time, Ishmael fucks hipster ninja up quite a bit yeah. like, with the baton. It's close, so like, they both take a fucking beat. Yeah, they both get fucking battered. It was only that... Like, they fight for so long. And it's that very, very final scene where it's just that counter-attack that Ishmael does. Where he just slams him in the yeah. head with the so baton. He, like, he just uses the momentum of the guy's hit and springs it straight back into the guy's head and just, like, crushes his skull. Like, that dude, like, has an aneurysm. Yeah. But he the, somehow manages to be, like, with it enough to walk away from Yeah, so fight. he, like, walks away while his brain is just bleeding and swelling. And makes it to this beach area. And Ishmael follows him out there. Yeah. And he finds him dead. And then the girl from earlier in the movie shows up. Uh, the one that was with Lee at the drug dealer's place. And she's like a knife expert. And she fights Ishmael. And while they're fighting, they kind of talk about how they were like brother and sister. And like, like not actually, but they were raised together in that yeah. well and all that stuff. And... Uh, you get like a flashback of her shooting him in the head last time, but mm. you can tell she kind of went to the side because she didn't want to kill him. Yeah. But she like knew if she did it or didn't do it that she'd be killed. So she basically gave him a chance at surviving and she's the whole reason that he's still alive. And uh, you can tell that they don't want to fight. So at one point he could have beat her, could have killed her with her knife. But instead, he, like, lets her go, lets her arm go with the knife. Yeah. And then she fucking slices at his Achilles heel. <laughs> and just misses it, but slices up his leg a bunch. Yeah, man. And he's fucking bleeding. And it's this beautiful shot of them on this, like, really nice sandy beach with, like, nice water. And there's, like, an overhead shot of just blood pouring out of him. 
and it's just like dropping into the water and you just see like blood and water mixing around them as they're fighting oh all of the the blood effects in this were i want to say like quite tasteful right they were for how for how gory spurting there was yeah for how gory it was it was it was quite realistic and held back even Which though we nice. saw a guy's face get caved in. <laughs> yeah, but like that, w- most of the, most of the stuff was like blunt force trauma, and right. it was it was relatively realistic sort of impact. Which I found, is it weird to say satisfying? <laughs> <laughs> Not weird. Fuck but your like, kids. You, you, <laughs> you see this guy getting punched over and over and over again, and right. you see like the impact of that. Yeah, it's it's. I got to say the fighting, I I don't know if it's Aiko Yue or just the choreographers that these guys in Indonesia have or something, but it's the fighting choreography in these movies are on a whole new level from anything I've ever seen. Yeah, man. And I feel like, like Daredevil took a page out of it for the, the Netflix series. But other than that, like I haven't seen anything come close to this tight fighting, brutal choreography. Like like the people that say, Enter the Dragon still holds up now against martial arts films are I don't want to say wrong and sound like a dickhead. Oh, they're wrong. Because, you know, you can There's have no your way opinion, you but it. it just doesn't. It's not a good film. It might have been in the seventies, <laughs> but after watching that And then watching what we just watched fight oh, scene wise and unbelievably and, good. Right. It it's unreal how far we've come with like just people practicing their craft and mastering yeah, it man. and then bring it to film, man. Like we're so fucking lucky to have movies like this yeah. because it's the closest thing to seeing somebody murder somebody. It's the closest thing to a snuff <laughs> film that we can get <laughs> without actually seeing a snuff film. Yeah, I guess. So, <laughs> so, uh, after, uh, Ishmael and knife girl are fighting, uh, Ishmael basically wins again and uh, lets her go and she pulls out a handgun and, and points it at him and it looks like she's about to shoot him and that's where you see that she kind of shot to the side the first time that she shot him. Yeah. So this time, instead, she doesn't want to shoot him again so she moves the gun to the side and shoots beside him a bunch but he kind of panics and throws the knife at her and kills her. And yeah, he like he didn't want to have to kill her, right? And but. I think that was her thing was she knows that he he would do it to save himself instinctually at yeah. that point, so that's what she had to do to to basically get like the mercy that she wanted. It was mm. almost like she couldn't go on. Yeah. So she dies, and he he's starting to like get all his memories back, and he's feeling the trauma from it all, and. He calls Lee again, and Lee starts telling him, like, yeah, you think you're so tough? You should come here. Like, where are you? Like, I thought you'd be here by now. And he's yeah, basically he's like, like, I'm at the front door. And Lee's face just fucking drops. And you see him being like, oh, fuck. Because that means he's killed all of the, yeah. the brothers and sisters like at this he's, point. He's like, he's the last one left. This dude made it, and now it's just him and Lee. And uh, at this point... Ishmael gets in and he dispatches a few guards that Eileen uh, uh, and the little girl were trying to escape from. Yeah. 
and they're almost they were almost out and Ishmael kind of intercepts them and says okay like we're finally free to go we'll get you out of here and she Eileen realizes he's one of these people that he's one of the bad guys and she thinks that he's a bad guy but he basically says like I'm a different guy like I don't remember being that person but she doesn't really believe him Still, she's hesitant, so she basically holds out a knife and says, just let us go, and you assume that those two leave. And Ishmael sees Lee, and basically, like, in his head is like, I gotta fight this guy so they can get away. So he goes in, confronts him, and then what ensues is, like, one of the craziest fucking battles of the movie. Oh, well. it was Like, it so rightfully brutal. should have been, like, the boss battle. Yeah. It, it was in, like, a, a generic boss battle room as well. Right. Like, you like, see so many boss battles <laughs> that are so anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, this one definitely had like the you, weight Like, you, you play through an entire video game and the final boss is a fucking quick time event. Like, yeah. all right, cool. And we should mention, too, like, the injury continuity in this movie is unreal, too. Like, yeah. Like, like <laughs> everyone at the end of this movie is fucked swollen up. eye. Like, his eye's still swollen from earlier in the movie. Yeah. His eye's still bloodshot from earlier. Like, like everyone's looking like that guy from the Goonies at this point. <laughs> Just real messed up. Right. <laughs> and, oh, it was this fucking savage fight scene. There was so many heavy fucking impacts. Right. What was your favorite part of the boss fight? Favorite part was probably the uh, Lee guy fucking boots Ishmael against the wall, slams his head against the wall. He falls to his knees. Right, he that grabs slam his head. was brutal where he slams his head into the cement. Yeah, slams his head straight into the concrete fucking pillar, which cracks a little bit. Right. It like crumbles as his head hits the corner of it. Oh my God. <laughs> and he's just so dazed at that point. And then and they, he's laying on the ground at this point. Yeah, right? he's laying on the ground and he goes for a final like Lee goes death, for the death shot. Sh death punch. And he hits the ground with so much force that the concrete like cracks upon impact. But then Lee's like he finds this last burst of energy and manages to defend himself for a little bit. You mean uh Ishmael? Oh, Ishmael, yeah. So Ishmael gets up and they start fighting again. And how does he go about killing Lee? They kind of vacate back outside. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, he gets it over on Lee, and Lee kind of retreats a little bit, and they get out the, the back door, and they're outside where the phone call ensued, and the fight happens there again for a little bit. Not very long, but Ishmael grabs grabs Lee, and he kind of throws him into this spiked wood that's yeah. outside and impales him. And then Lee has a, a last little death energy burst and grabs ishmael and tries to pull his throat onto the spike that he's also impaled on. and he's winning too yeah he's getting there and then the nurse runs out of the bunker that they were just in and like pulls him away from him that was a rather sexist thing of you to say well because she's a woman she's a nurse wow wow <laughs> wow dr aelin I could have said way, away. way more sexist things. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. The doctor, Aelin, pulls him away. <laughs> could have just got the podcast immediately shut down. Right. But as soon as she pulled him away, he basically is like dead. He yeah, just, yeah. That was all he could left. summon. He's fought fucking five brothers and sisters. He's basically fought an army that day, saved Aelin and this little girl, and he he's out. And and it cuts to 
probably like a week later. Uh, they're both in the hospital being treated for injuries, but he's in a coma again. Yeah. And she goes in, and you can tell, like, we found out now, uh, uh, Ishmael's real name is Abdi, which we found out from the brothers and sisters. Yeah, but she, she writes it on the board, like, same as she did at the start, but she realizes that it doesn't fit. It doesn't That's fit not him. who he is anymore. Mm-hmm. So she rubs it back off. And I think she's kind of sat there for a little bit, and then he says Ishmael. Well, she put she put the uh, the board next to his hand, and his hand starts moving again. Oh right? yeah! So you can tell he's waking up after she says something really nice, like "You've barely lived." Like let's basically like says like let's let's live the rest of this together. Just wake up. Yeah. And then he he says write write down Ishmael, and that's how it ends. Is like he basically decides to start new. Yeah, man. And that's the end of that fucking movie. Yeah. And, Fuck man, that movie! It's phenomenal. It's There's a definitely great movie. parts that, like, I know they're necessary to drive the plot. Where it's yeah, you, like, you, a rom- like a romantic movie, you you have to have some kind of plot, really. But like, they to be fair, they did well for the little plot they had. Like, I was relatively invested in the characters. Like, do you, was there many parts during that movie where you kind of felt bored? No, they kept it really, really well balanced. Like every time, like there's the one scene where it was just Eileen and the little girl for a while there. I was like, kind of like, oh, I feel bad. Like in the third act, right before the final boss fight, where I kind of felt it was dragging a little yeah, bit. I don't know. But, I don't think it went on for that long. Right. Before the guy came in and tried to rape. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was Headshot, man. Yeah, dude. You, big fan? Big fan. Okay, let me ask you these final questions, and then we'll wrap it up. We're almost at an hour 30 here, so it's pretty cool that we can yeah, keep it kind of consistent with our time. Except for the last one. We were just so mad we oh, yeah, dropped like it at like an hour. 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. There was no titty count, no, <laughs> no. kill count. Who is your favorite character? Um, It's got to be Ishmael, right? I mean, yeah, realistically. Yeah. All right, so there was no trivia for this movie. I tried to get trivia. There was nothing. So let's just say the trivia is um, the director who did do this actually did um, a feature, or not a feature, I guess, like a segment in the ABCs of Death 2, I believe. Oh, really? Have you seen those? I love those films. He did the I one, the I for Intimate or something like that. Okay. And then he also did uh, something in VHS 2 as well. I fucking love those movies, dude. So I'm not quite sure which ones those are. I'd have to research them a bit more. But if you guys are interested in in those ones, you should check out this movie, Headshot. Because, man, probably more gory than those movies, than ABCs of Death and VHS. Uh, Yeah, I think so. And it's an action movie. It's not a horror movie. Yeah. Um, Okay, let me ask you these uh, post-show questions. Uh, do you think this movie could be made today, and what would they change? Which is like kind of a stupid question because it came out in 2016. Yeah, I mean it's it has been made today, I guess. Right. I the only thing I would change is maybe just the gunfights. Um, the gunfights reminded me a lot of the gunfights from, um, Kung Fury. Right. Just like very unrealistic just- muzzle flashes and very shaky like accuracy. Right. 
all that kind of stuff. Like, I get that they're mercenaries. Yeah, that's, that's... something that, like, seemed to just bother you. Yeah. That didn't bother me <laughs> yeah, as much. Yeah, no. I know. It was very picky. Some people but... would say, like, if they reshot it, maybe not make the camera so shaky. Like, yeah. there's, it's mostly preference at this point. I guess so. what you would change, right? Yeah, I just, I think because of the way that it was filmed, I wasn't then worried for the character when someone came at him with a gun. Right. I feel like they could remake this... Um, in like 20 years and i think they could do a really good job remaking this because there's so much there that they could build off of and they could re-choreograph the fight scenes to be something that's like another masterpiece you know yes yeah, would you want to see a sequel i probably would yeah i'm not sure how they'd go about it yeah i'm not sure either but i just thought that'd be a good question to ask yeah because i'd like to see a sequel too yeah like, man Anything Ico Ua's in, I want to see. Like, yeah, I, dude. I even saw there's this, there's, there's, oh, fuck, what's the movie called? Skyline. There was one called Beyond Skyline that they showed at the film fest last year here. And they had the director here. And that movie's starring Ico Ua and Frank Grillo. He's the guy from the um, second, third, and fourth Purge movies. Yeah. And he's in uh, The Wheelman, which is another one. Yeah, on I saw. I think I've seen that on Netflix somewhere. Yeah, so he, the, he, that one's a good one. Uh, it's like an action movie. It's better than the first Skyline, but it's not like a masterpiece. I, I gave that one like a 7 out of 10 when I watched it. Fair. But like I was there. The, I, the director was there. got to talk to him a little bit, which was kind of cool. Sweet. You don't man. really get to talk to like directors and stuff of movies like that. So, um, What would you change about this movie besides? Literally nothing. It was solid. Who would you cast? I mean, obvious, obviously Bruce Lee. David Schwimmer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this movie, I don't know, man. I didn't have any casting issues. Like, everything no. was pretty... The, because the actors are Indonesian, like, the, the acting is automatically better. You know what I would have liked? Like, just because just I, I need, I feel like I need to insert him in every movie. I wish the old man who found him was Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish they would have had a scene where they fought together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, do you regret watching this movie? No, no, not at all. All right. And then the big question, out of one to five, what would you rate this five. movie? Really? Yeah. This is a perfect movie for you? This is a good movie. A good movie's a five? No, no, like... This is an amazing movie. Considering the only thing I would change about it is the gunfights, which there were few of. Right. I would say it was a five. All right. Without a doubt. That makes me happy. I'd give it about... I'd probably give it a 4.5. I don't know why I wouldn't give it a 5. Probably just because I don't think I could watch it every... Like, er, like often enough to give it a 5. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it. Most action movies don't have a lot of rewatchability, right. though. Like, unless you do it like you did today, where you watch it for someone else's reaction. Right. You know. Yeah, like, there's very few movies that I would give a 5, like Grind or Joe Dirt, which are yeah. just stupid movies that I like. But... Um, yeah, I'd give it about a 4.5. Uh, I have one last question for you, Patrick, and this yeah. is the question because we're going to be watching, I'm, I'm planning on watching like every Ico Ua movie after this. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, who is your ninja? Uh, I wish you'd worded that differently because I was going to say that he is my Indonesian ninja. All right. Well, well, well. <laughs> I, I love it. Every time you ask this question, I make it so difficult. How would I? How would I word that for that to work? <laughs> All right, Patrick. Who is your ninja? 
No, still doesn't work. You you have to say who <laughs> is Ishmael. Right. And then I say he's my Indonesian ninja. All right, Patrick, who is Ishmael? <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> my ninja.